This is episode 25 with the Glamour Eye, Kelly Frammel. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. the amazing and beautiful Kelly Frammel on the show today, also known as the Glamorai. Put a .com on that and it's her website, her fashion blog, where she posts up all of her work and editorials. I'm consistently inspired by Kelly as she's always creating beautiful work on her own, self-motivated and concepted. We've collaborated a couple times on a couple photo shoots and I also directed a video with her and her boyfriend, Zach, which is how I met Kelly. The video is called Montauk Love, and it's a perfect depiction of a slice of their life, a day in their life, which is absolutely incredible. It's an elevated experience. Kelly has an infectious energy that you just want to be around, and her boyfriend, Zach, as well. And together, they just create a dreamy relationship, which I completely admire. You can see the video on Kelly's podcast page, shoptalkradio.com slash EP25. So check it out. You'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. Kelly has an amazing story of starting off as a fashion designer to now running her fashion blog full time and producing weekly editorials for her readers. She gets flown all over the world for clients to consult and different things like that. And her vision for her life is to elevate her experiences by curating everything around her, which really inspires me. Her environment, her wardrobe especially, obviously she's a fashion blogger, food, friends, everything, aesthetics, anything that is in her life is curated for a purpose of inspiration. And her whole vision is to elevate every experience with the things that you put inside of it and put into it. So Kelly has a beautiful life, although on the outside it may appear super easy and perfect, but we find out on the podcast how much work running a blog actually is. And I know for myself, running a blog and putting out content and podcasts, along with my main job of being a photographer, is a lot of work and more work than it actually appears to the public eye. So kudos to her. On this episode, we learn what it's like to run a major fashion blog and really get into Kelly's mind, which I'm excited about. So let's jump in. Cool. So today we have Kelly the glamour eye in the studio today. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because we've worked together on a few projects and um, it's been uh, some awesome collaborations. Absolutely. So let's just get started. Where uh, where are you from? Tell us, give us a little overview of your story, how you started in fashion and moved into the blogging world and created theglamoureye.com. Okay, so begin at the beginning, I guess? Yeah. All right, well, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, and studied design there at university and moved to New York immediately upon graduating to come work in fashion. I started my career designing embroideries and accessories for high-end fashion houses around the world. So I worked for a company that would outsource design and production for these sort of specialty goods, anything with handwork. So I worked with a lot of amazing designers during that time, people like Oscar de la Renta and Balenciaga, Marnie, um, really so many amazing brands. And I learned a lot really quickly. And from there, went on to design for an evening warehouse. Yeah. And I was the head of design there for four years. Uh, the house is called Naeem Khan. And there we were making really amazing, super, super high-end, fantastic evening gowns. And 
got to do some incredible projects designing dresses for Michelle Obama and uh, Beyonce. We did dresses for the Dream Girls movie that wow. uh, she was in. And we did some amazing work there. And it was incredible. And again, I learned so much in that role about fashion and about the business. But at the time, I was this young kid, this young creative living in New York, you know, sort of struggling to just get by as we all do in, in the early years of, of moving to a city like this. And I was going to work in designing, you know, $10,000 evening gowns. And that had such a, there was such a big difference between that world and the world that I was living in as, as it pertained to my own experience of fashion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I felt like there was, there was something, there was a gap that needed to be uh, bridged between the world of the, my professional life and the world of my personal fashion experience. And, um, and so I started the Glamorai as a creative outlet to kind of bridge that gap and to have a way to celebrate my inspirations and, and, you know, the, the perspective on fashion that I was living. Mm. I was also, as a designer, getting a lot of inspiration from other blogs, and it just felt like a really exciting time to, this was five years ago now, five and a half years ago, and it was a really exciting time online because this whole idea of blogging was really just taking shape in a way, in the infant stages of what it's become now, where people were actually, you know, doing really interesting things with beautiful photography and the quality and the conversations that were happening online, it just felt like a really exciting place to be. I remember knowing that I was always going to move to New York because that's where fashion was happening. And I knew mm -hmm. the second I graduated from college, I was moving here because I wanted to be in fashion. And I sort of felt that way five and a half years ago about the internet. I felt like this really exciting thing was happening online, on the blogs, and I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. So... The Glamorai was my way of putting a, putting my foot into that conversation. Yeah, I love that. So where would you say your, your passion for fashion <laughs> <laughs> came from? I mean, you, you obviously like studied it in, in yeah. college. And um, well, I, I didn't grow up with fashion in my life. I um, grew up for most of my life going to a really small private school where um, we wore uniforms every day. I didn't really have a lot of experience with fashion outside of, you know, in my in my day-to-day -day life. Um, but I was always really creative and art was always my number one priority. Mm -hmm. And I would, um, I, I grew up, I'm a classically trained painter and I actually always thought I would be a painter. Wow. Um, or, or an interior designer. I always loved that too. And I, and I had this whole really colorful creative world growing up of, I had an entire neighborhood of dollhouses that I would design and, you know, build. And I was painting all the time and I would paint murals on my bedroom walls and I would sew clothes for my dolls. And, yeah. you know, I was always making something. And I never really knew what I wanted to do with it specifically when I grew up, but I always knew I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to create. That was the only thing that ever mattered to me. And then you get to a point, you know, in your life where people start expecting you to figure out what you're going to do to make money off of it and <laughs> what you're going to study in college and these sorts of things. And at the time, I was working at a clothing store in the mall and uh, back in Austin. And one of the managers there was studying retail merchandising at UT at the University of Texas in Austin. And, um, and that was the first time anyone had kind of made me realize that you could, fashion could be a real career and you could, you could study that and you could, you know, make a, make a life out of it. And so I just got really excited about that idea. I felt like it was a way for me to be an artist and have a job. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I studied, um, so I studied at school. I was really young when I graduated high school. I was 16 years old. So at the time my parents weren't about to let me move to New York just yet. So I was stuck in Austin a few <laughs> more years to finish school and then and then, like I said, the the second I graduated, I was on my way. Wow. So you were one of those smart kids. I just hated high school. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I graduated early. I worked really hard and graduated early. I was a kid who, like, I just always wanted to be a grown-up. I always wanted to 
yeah. have a job and an apartment and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get there fast enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, you strike me as somebody who has a very good upbringing as well. I mean, what, what values did your parents install into you to give you this mindset of hustle, of positivity, of... Oh my gosh. I've, my parents, my parents were amazing. Um, my mom is like just the smartest person ever. She's really really disciplined and organized and intelligent and challenging. She, you know, you if you ever wanted to, like, know what a word meant or have an answer to a question, my mom was never the kind of person who would give it to you. She would give you the tools to figure it out for yourself. Mm. So um, she really she really challenged us to to figure out everything that we wanted to know on our own and find ways to figure that out and – yeah. And they were always really supportive and encouraged me creatively and gave me art lessons and amazing opportunities in that aspect. But, you know, they always really expected me to to do it on my own. Yeah. And I I really appreciate that. My dad, my mom, you know, brings this really incredible business savvy and intelligence and my dad brings a lot of fun and a lot of creativity and he's an artist and he loves to paint and um and so I think the combination of their very special personalities and talents definitely made me who I am today. Well, I can definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have the you have the super creative side which I love and you have the business sense. And and that, I think that makes for a, a very good combo. I and feel very I feel very lucky. I I was I was given a a very a very good childhood and a lot of love and a lot of support and also a lot of like, you know, freedom to, to do it on my own. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I mean, I that, that's kind of a lot about what this podcast is about too, is like bridging the gap between art and commerce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had some that's conversations like about struggle. this. <laughs> what would you say are some of the biggest struggles you've had in bridging that gap? Uh, I have, gosh, I mean, I, that's something I struggle with every day, to be honest with mm. you. I think, um, uh, you know, making work that feels important creatively and making work that really fulfills you creatively and gets you moving is not always the same work that makes you money. And, um, and sometimes it is. And, you know, the goal as a creative professional is trying to do the work that you love and make it pay. Yeah. And, um, for me, that's that's always been a challenge because what I want from my work is always changing and yeah. what I am inspired to do and inspired to create is always changing. So figuring out ways to make a business from it is is a new challenge every day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so when you were in when you came here, you were working for somebody. Well, yes, after several months of being unemployed and banging on doors and <laughs> looking for a job and begging for jobs, yes, <laughs> eventually I was working for somebody. Um, I was working for the first company I worked for, like I said, was doing embroideries and accessories. And then I was working for another designer um, in their design studio. And then um, uh, I, I designed for that company for four years and... And about year three of that experience was when I started the Glamorai. Mm. And I left that job after having been doing the site for about a year. And it, it was a surprise journey. It became something that I never expected it to become. I had started it as, like I said, this creative outlet and, at the time, it wasn't – people weren't really making money off of blogs, and that wasn't really a good business plan. Yeah. And, um, and it also wasn't really something that was taken very seriously in the fashion world. That's, that's changed a lot in the five and a half years that I've been doing it. But at the time, there was really nothing cool about writing a blog. Yeah. And I actually – found it to be this very shameful thing. I remember the day that my coworkers found out I had the blog. I went home in tears and I just thought my career is over. I'll never work in fashion again. Oh, like, no. I mean, I'm done for. Cuz it it wasn't it they weren't taken seriously and um and it's that's changed in a really awesome way and I feel like 
you know, maybe hopefully I've been a small part of that change of trying to create content for the web that is really elevated and really exciting and to really challenge and encourage and inspire people to see that space differently has been something that's really meant a lot to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, that's, that's really is changing. You're right. It is changing because now brands are coming to fashion bloggers right. to create that. How did that kind of progress? Um, well, the very first time I ever worked with a brand on a blogging level was with coach, um, about a little over a year into doing the site, um, coach approached me to design a bag for them as part of a collaboration. And that was really the beginning of brands figuring out interesting ways to work in, with people in social media. Mm. And, um, and that was really exciting and it was a fun creative opportunity. And for me, it was a really a dream project because it allowed me to marry this, this thing that I had created to express myself creatively with my design background and my passion for, you know, creating something that didn't exist before. And so I, I loved that. And it began this, now five and a half year journey of figuring out really interesting ways to create content for an audience to make that content relevant, inspiring, elevated, and to monetize it in ways that don't detract from the message or um, dumb down the the creative passion or the... Yeah, like the authenticity. The authenticity of it, yeah. absolutely. So... You know, that's something I'm really, I'm always, I'm always really conscious about. It's, it's funny doing, running my site is, is very much like running a magazine in that mm. we are shooting a lot of different stories and producing content that, you know, it's not just kind of like going out on the street and snapping a picture and throwing it online. You know, we, we produce some of these shoots several months out sometimes and we're really, thinking about how to elevate the space and create content that no one else is doing online and it and it costs a lot of money to do that it's not yeah. it's not cheap to run the glamorize so <laughs> it's important that we find ways to to monetize it but you know doing so without sacrificing like you said the authenticity is something that i am super conscious of and obsessive about and yeah. really like you know um I'm I'm questioning every day of my life. Yeah. So what's trying to do it right? (laughs) (laughs) So what's been the biggest way that you've been able to keep that authenticity? Well, I think it's about choosing partners that really celebrate the kind of content and understand the kind of content that I like to create and give me a lot of space to do that, Mm. and making sure that those partners are also in line with the the messaging that that the glamour is all about, which is really elevating everyday experiences and inspiring people to dream and inspiring them to to live life more glamorously and to invest in themselves and to you know celebrate just everyday moments and and make them the most special that they can be and so when i work with companies um that really get that and give me the space to do it and the tools to do it yeah you know well, then, then that's really a win. I've worked with some great brands like Emporio Armani to create fashion stories um, with them for the site, which is, you know, that was an amazing experience. I've worked with, done a lot of work with the World Gold Council, which is a really interesting organization um, that, you know, I'm, I'm a girl who loves gold and, <laughs> and they, um, and, and they've given me a lot of freedom and support to create jewelry stories that really inspire me and and I think are relevant to my audience and so it's you know finding like-minded brands who who will support us enough but also give us plenty of space to do what we do yeah that's awesome I think it can be really hard um when you're trying to tie a brand's message into your own personal vision and do right by your readers and do right by your authentic voice and also, you know, make your clients happy. I think that 
because that's such a delicate balance, you have to really choose wisely and yeah. say no a lot more often than you say yes. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that does a lot more things for you to right. say no. Um, so where did the, now you talked about the, the mission and the vision of mm. the glamour, which I love, where did that come from? Uh, well, you know, gosh, so many things originally, like I said, when I started it, I had moved to New York. I was working in design. I was working in this very, you know, fast paced, high fashion world. And yet I was, you know, living in a small apartment in Brooklyn and, you know, trying to be really creative about, you know, the way that I lived and trying to live well without a lot and always aspiring to, to bring more beauty into my life and find ways to do that, you know, whether it was a dinner party or a dress or, um, just the, the glasses and the cabinet to the, you know, to the experiences I had when I walked out the door and interacted with people around the city every day. I just found that the more, the more you design your life the way you want it to be, the more, that energy comes to you. And maybe that's sort of a sloppy way of saying it, but I felt like, you know, you can put on an incredible outfit and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but it could be, you know, something that just really expresses who you are and the adventure you want to have that day. And you'll find that that, you know, that adventure will find you if you, if you set yourself up for it. You know, if you, if you invest in, taking that time in the morning to like put yourself together and feel really awesome about yourself when you leave the house, then that's going to affect the way that people interact with you and the opportunities that come to you and the experiences that come your way. And the more that I saw that in my own life as a young adult trying to invent herself in New York City, mm-hmm. the more I the more I did that, the more exciting adventures came into my life and the more exciting people came into my life. And I just, you know, it felt really unstoppable. It still feels unstoppable. And so that's something that I try in little and big and strange ways every day on the site is to just instill that in my readers, give them that inspiration to, you know, push themselves a little bit further or doll themselves up a little more or take a little bit more time, take a little bit more care in the interest of having a more beautiful life. Yeah, I love that. Now, I guess this one thing that also kind of goes into that is like your inner confidence, which that's a which I admire about you, and I know that really shows through in what you do. Where where would you say that comes from? Um, well, creative fulfillment is a big thing for me. I really i I feel good about myself when I feel like I'm making good work. And a lot of my confidence has grown over the years. The the Glamour Eye has given me a lot because it has given me a stage with which to create almost anything that I want to. And I, you know, it started as this really small thing and it's mushroomed into something bigger than myself. and, And I continue constantly sort of re-analyzing what that means and what I want from it and the stories I want to tell. And the more I push it and the more I do work that feels really exciting and that I'm really proud of, the more I feel like, the more the better I feel about myself. Yeah. I find that confidence for me is creative fulfillment. Yeah, creative resonance. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So what advice would you give to, say, your readers who are looking to build their own confidence? I think that life is something that you've always got to be choosing and questioning. I don't think that anytime I have gotten too comfortable or just felt a little too, started to feel safe in something, I've found that my happiness decreases accordingly. I think that continuing to challenge yourself and question why you're doing what you're doing every day and who you're doing it with, I think, is really important. Yeah. I, um, I've i continued to reinvent the Glamour Eye because I continue questioning why I'm doing it and making sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons. And um, I think that goes to any job. You know, if you're waking up in the morning and feeling like 
something is missing from your life, then there are some energy blocks that you need to look at and figure out where those are coming from. Yeah. And I've, I, I try to do that all the time. I try to make sure that, that the work that I'm doing is that I'm getting as much out of it as I'm putting in creatively, conscientiously, energetically, that the people in my life are, are feeding that, you know, back to me. And I think, um, I think you've got to just like, always be questioning. Yeah. So you're constantly curating everything around you. You're absolutely the people around you, the environment around you, everything, which leads to a certain creative resonance in and of itself. I think so. I, I don't know that I'll ever be satisfied with where I'm at in life. I think there's always, there's always that, like, I always know there's something I'm the next thing I'm going to do. The next project is going to be better than the last one. The next, like the next year is going to be better than the last. The next adventure is going to be better than the last. And, and that definitely propels me forward. And, um, and yeah, my space and the people around me, the energies around me, those are, are things that are so important. I, I don't, I, 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 I can't, I can't be stagnant. Yeah. But you do a very good job of curating everything around you. I mean, you know, the video that we shot right. was very much a depiction of your life. Yeah, I loved that. And which is authentic mm-hmm. in and of itself. And and it really shows through. And, and therefore, you become inspired out of that. Well, I think that's something that I try to get across in the Glamorai. It's, um, it's about investing in all the details i Mm. you know if i have a dinner party or a party i'm not going to serve paper cups to guests you know it's gonna i'd rather spend the exact same money that you might go to the grocery store and buy paper cups you could for the same amount of money you go to the thrift store and buy some really cool vintage glasses and if they break at the end of the party that's fine but you know you've elevated that moment and to me i'm always choosing to do things the most beautiful way. And I don't think that beauty should ever be sacrificed for, uh, like there's no such thing as like function over form to me. Like form should always be as important as function. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, and it's not about like a surface level aesthetic kind of like shallowness. I really do find that the more beauty I put into my life, the more beauty exists in the world around me. And I mean that not just physically, but in relationships, in career, in every aspect of life. Yeah, because it sounds like, I mean, you've inspired me in that sense, (laughs) especially after we walked away from from shooting you and Zach. Um, Both Sarah and I were like, oh my God. I just want to like <laughs> elevate my life. <laughs> well, it gives you so much. It really does. I mean, like having that, having a beautiful house that we can have friends come over to who are creative and inspire them and do work together that's inspiring. I mean, being in a space that inspires you is something that not only feeds me every day, but feeds the people around me and creates interesting projects and energies and work and they just there's so many gifts from that that you can't necessarily quantify but you really feel yeah i mean it inspires creation it inspires conversation absolutely and that's that's super important i mean to me those are the things that inspire me the most to go out and create myself right so i love i love that about what you've what you guys have created and and uh what you're doing with the brand well thank you i think you know it's it's something you can do in in any in any world in any life i think one thing that's uh, fun about Zach is that he does that in restaurants and yeah. he creates those experiences. He, you know, he's all about having someone come not just for a meal, but to be inspired and feeling like they've left inspired and surprised and, and, and fed. And I like to think that the glamour does that for its readers and that I do that for my creative partners because yeah. they certainly do that for me. And it's just, a constant process. Yeah, which is amazing about the synergy with you and Zach of what you guys can cr- have, have created and cre- can create together. It's fun. I I feel like the sky's the limit with that one. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I think a lot of people aspire to that. Yeah. And well, um, we definitely work at it. There's you know there's days when you know it's it's easier than others, but I think we feel really lucky to have found 
a partner to create and to question and to and to work through life with in a really beautiful way. Yeah. Like, what do you think you each bring to the table to create that synergy? Oh, man. Wow. He's so damn cute. <laughs> so that's a start. Um, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of love and yeah. um, and a lot of support on both ends. And I think he brings a lot of fun and lightness and humor. And hopefully I bring a lot of you know, hard work and inspiration and, you know, he challenges me and I challenge him in a lot of different ways every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) So let's go back a little bit. When you were making that jump um, from the full-time job to starting, I mean, you had started the blog a year prior, but like still jumping off that cliff into... Well, it was a big hustle and I wasn't actually even at the time when I left my full-time job, it wasn't so that I could survive and support myself off the blog. At the time, I was also designing a line of jewelry under my own name and um, doing freelance styling work. So I had been I had been hustling really hard leading up to leaving my job, creating something that, that I had a lot of, I needed to make sure I had a lot of parachutes to, <laughs> to call upon if need be. And so I was designing jewelry, I was styling, I was running the site, I was, you know, working all day at my at my day job and then going home and working all night on all these other projects and all weekend. And luckily I'm someone who really loves to work and it's the thing that I enjoy the most in the world. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, since the day I started that thing, I've, I've, I haven't really had a day off. <laughs> but the work is really fulfilling and fun, so... Who yeah. needs a day off? But it was hard. It was a it was a hustle. It was a struggle, and it still is. I'm I'm I feel like I'm still hustling as much today as I was five years ago. Yeah, I mean it kind of goes with the territory, creative entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. There's there's never a there's never a well at least not yet for me. There's never a feeling of like yeah I've made it. I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> there's always like you know I think you always have that feeling of like even when things are going great there's either that thought in your mind of like, how long am I going to be able to pull this off? Or like, when is the next, you know, when is the, when's the bottom going to drop? Like, am I really going to be able to keep getting away with doing work this fun? (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a great place to be. Um, you know, that, and that kind of goes back. You were, you know, you said you worked full time, then you went home and you worked every night. I mean, that's a huge thing that I'll, you know, a lot of people that you you work a full time job and they want to have their own hustle at the end of the day. Even still, I mean, I, I'm still doing it because because of the the kind of content we create for the site, and you know, it's it's me and my sister yeah. doing it all as a as a little duo, and we're producing pretty elaborate photo shoots a lot of the time, and really elaborate content, and so we'll we'll be on set all day long, you know, a twelve hour day on set, and then I've got to go home and edit the photos and write the content and you know, put in the links and upload and we've got to like email with a million people every day and return clothes and schedule a future shoots and book hair makeup. And, you know, there's constantly 5,000 things that need to be done in a day. So that's even still, and then I have outside client work that has nothing to do with the, the blog that, you know, I work as a consultant and a stylist on a lot of other projects as well that are offline. And so there really isn't ever... You know, I'm not someone who gets to have a lot of like happy hours with friends, but the trade-off for that is that I get to work with my friends a lot. And that's really how I'm able to build really rich relationships and really deep relationships Mm. and spend really interesting quality time with people. And it's my favorite way to get to know people is by like, Hey, let's make some shit together. Yeah. Like let's do stuff. And and it's, and it's, and it's the most fun way for me to hang out with people. So it's a trade-off. I don't get to go to brunch and happy hour, but I get to, you know, make magic on a really much more interesting level and really like get into it with people. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, wow. That's like, that's awesome. And it's almost like this way that you get to experience creative resonance on like all the time. Right. When you're a having inspired conversations and creating right. with your friends. I love that. When I love finding people that inspire me and, you know, I might not know them that well, but it's like, Hey, like I think what you're doing is cool. Maybe you think what I'm doing is cool. Let's do some cool stuff together. And then the best friendships of my life have come out of that. 
Yeah. And, and you, you're building experiences at the same time. Absolutely. And, and taking their dreams and your dreams and merging those dreams and making a bigger, more layered, more, you know, a dream together that you could never have done on your own. I think that's such a really beautiful way to forge really deep, exciting relationships. Yeah. So when you were, go back a little bit to, especially what, what advice would you give to somebody working a full-time job, wanting to make that jump and wanting, needing to put in that, you know, after hours work? Well, as far as I know, there's not really a shortcut to it. Um, you know, you just, you got to put in the hours. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't know if there's a, if there's a secret, I haven't figured it out except for just keeping your head down and, and making sure that you love what you do. If you love, if you love what you're doing, then the hours aren't going to hurt so much. Yeah. Um, I don't love every aspect of what I do. There's a lot of like, you know, I still have to like go to the accountant and, negotiate contracts with lawyers and there's a lot of it that's not fun right. but the parts of it that are fun make up for all the 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 ditch digging <laughs> <laughs> exactly i totally hear you there um so you just gotta like you know you just gotta put in the time and make sure you, you've you know make sure you're choosing a path that that's not gonna that won't be too painful yeah so we you've talked a little bit about what what all the what all a little bit about what goes behind, but mm-hmm. what's a give us a picture of what's behind the glamour? Eye. Like what you know, you're producing shoots, mm-hmm. you're writing posts. You know, how often are you shooting? Like, what's it what's it like? Uh, well, I'll just give you this week as an example because they're all a little yeah. different. But um, I spent a lot of time this weekend editing photos. Had a lot of. Uh, photos to catch up on for this week's stories. Um, we have two shoots this week that we're prepping for. So while I will be doing a lot of the content management of writing posts, my sister is a really is really hustling behind the scenes to do a lot of the production so that when I get on set on Wednesday, everything's ready. So she's, as we're sitting here talking, she's running around town picking up all the clothes and coordinating with the PR people and sending messengers and getting on the subway with a million garment bags and trekking all over town and pulling together these, because we pull massive wardrobes for the shoots that we do. And we might shoot 10 looks, but in order to shoot 10 looks, we've pulled 80 pieces of clothing to winnow it down to the fashion story that we want to tell. And gosh, so much work goes in behind that of, you know, you want one dress and you'll email the PR people for it and you might not get that dress. You get a couple other options. And so then you're constantly having to think on your feet. And I love styling because I I grew up painting and to me, styling is like making a painting. Yeah. I'm taking all of these pieces that are, that are my paints and layering them together to make a beautiful picture and you add a little here and you take a little away there and then something's not working and so you layer a little more and and I love doing it. I really do feel like I'm making a painting when I'm styling a shoot that is really creative and really fantastical and so so we're building props. Um we're building sets, we're you know trying to find models and hair and makeup and then around that I always like to not only build a fashion story and I try to do one once a week. So we have one big fashion story every week. But then around that, I like to build smaller little stories that um, take that fashion story and give you tools to bring it, bring the inspiration from it into your real life. Mm. So I think about it in terms of like meals and snacks. And so the fashion stories are these like great fabulous dinners that I'm inviting to you to every week. And it's yeah. like a, it's a dinner party at a fine French restaurant and you're going to have four courses and it's going to be rich and awesome and, you know, really special and elevated, but you can't have that every day. Nobody wants that every day. Yeah. So you've got to have like the little snacks and the things around it that are lighter and, you know, the breakfasts, the lunches and the cigarette breaks or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like little bites. Um, so, so, so around the fashion stories, I'm also planning smaller stories that relate back to it, but like I said, uh, make it a little bit more applicable to every day. 
this week we are we're rolling out. I was in Brazil a couple weeks ago, and we shot a lot of amazing pictures and stories there. And so I'm working on finishing editing that content and starting to roll it out and then shooting the fashion stories inspired by our adventures in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So just to give you an idea of a typical work yeah. day. So Wednesday, we're doing a fashion story inspired by these women that I encountered in Salvador da Bahia in Brazil. And it's in a really beautiful little town, Salvador. And I didn't know about it before this trip to Brazil. And it completely just won me over and entranced me and enchanted me. And I fell madly in love with this little town. It's very old. It's, um, it's the most Afri- – it's the, the, the city in Brazil with the most African influence. Yeah. Because it was a real trading port dur- during the slave trade. And it's quite close on the, on the coast of Brazil to Africa. And so there's been this amazing uh, legacy in um, African traditions that have survived there that haven't even survived in Africa. They kind of only exist in this one little town. And specifically, that's centered around this religion, uh, which is called Candomblé. And the women who practice Candomblé have this very specific way of dressing. And they wear these big hoop skirts and turbans and incredible jewelry that all represent something. And every Friday, they wear white uh, in celebration of one of the gods. And they have these, Friday, every Friday they have these ceremonies where they'll go into these trances and become taken over by their spirit goddess. And there's all these different goddesses in the Candomblé religion. And everyone has one goddess that represents them and yeah. the religion. So this week's fashion story is inspired by that. And I've uh, we've ordered these huge hoop skirts that I had made in China that are like these massive, like six foot wow. diameter hoop skirts. And we're taking modern clothes from this season's collections and layering them around these hoop skirts and these fantastic turbans that I brought back from Brazil and creating a fashion story that's inspired by this experience that I had in Brazil, but using this season's collections in a really yeah. novel way. So that's an example of what I like to do creatively with the site. I'll, I'll take these very real-life experiences of traveling to Brazil, and then that's a story that I think is resonant with my readers and is fun to tell and is exciting and fantastical and informative and educational. And then it's about also condensing that experience into – an artistic work, which is the fashion shoot that comes mm. from it. And then, you know, there's just like all of these ways to weave lifestyle and fashion and inspiration in in a lot of different ways. So that's one of the shoots we're doing this week. Another shoot we're doing this week is um, also inspired by the time that I spent in Salvador de Bahia. And I found this designer there who makes these incredible sculpted, garments out of recycled seat belts so she takes the fibers from like car seat belts wow yeah and um and creates these sculpted garments from them and they're very it's all stringy and it's just really um they almost look like they're made out of feathers they're very strange and i've never seen anything like them so I brought some of them back, and we're going to shoot them on Thursday on uh, a nude model. So she's just going to be just very much about, like, the the female body and this beautiful, like, female study, but integrating a few of these incredible sculptural pieces from this designer that Uh. we discovered in Brazil into the shoot. So I'm always, always exploring and then always trying to find ways to turn those explorations into stories and into, into art. Yeah. And that's what the glam ride is about. I love that. Elevated experience. <laughs> right. Well, elevate so that's, your experience. So that's so that's that's one week in the glam ride and, and and all of like to get back to your question, all of the production that that entails and all of the planning and you know, it's months of work that goes into planning a week's worth of stories. Wow. So you're constantly planning. Constantly planning, constantly trying to distill an experience into something that is and a story and and constantly constantly trying to re reinvent what that means and what that looks like yeah totally where do you find the the fashion brands that you like to bring into it 
Uh, well, obviously being a New Yorker and, uh, and because we are producing stories at such a fast pace, uh, I work with a lot of New York designers specifically. Um, Fashion Week just wrapped in New yeah. York and that's a big, that's a very important time for me to go see the collections and see what the, what the designers are showing. I sit at the shows and I start dreaming up stories as the clothes are going down the runway. I'll see a mm. piece and think like, Oh my God, it'd be amazing to do a, a, you know, I can see one dress and imagine a whole story around it and it's, and it sparks something or I'll see a girl sitting at a fashion show who inspires me and I'm like, you know, I want to shoot her for a story. And, and so being in that, world is really important, seeing what the designers are showing, seeing who's there, seeing what's happening in fashion. Um, the internet is amazing because it can connect you to so many people around the world. Mm -hmm. But on the same token, it can be very isolating because you're so often doing that from behind a screen. Yeah. And so uh, I find that it's really important to get out there and, you know, just see see what's happening not only in the industry but just hit the streets of New York and see what's happening and I'm lucky because the blog has become the platform that it is uh because of that a lot of designers reach out to me mm. and we get emails every day from dozens of different designers or their PR people who are want to introduce us to their work and so I'm constantly discovering new interesting brands and new yeah. interesting talents and new interesting people and uh, I try to read all those emails because, <laughs> you know, sometimes they just, they turn you on to something that you're just so excited to have discovered and it leads you down a, a pathway. Um, so a lot of different ways, but I'm always looking. Yeah, that's awesome. So as you're, as you've gone through this journey, mm -hmm. how has the Glamorite evolved? Well, when it first began, um, it was about, um, just sort of posting my inspirations as a designer and what was inspiring me creatively, other things I liked that, that were happening in fashion. And I was at the time working, running this design studio, and I had all these sort of interns and assistants and people that worked in the studio uh, for me, and they were always just loved seeing, you know, we would always laugh about the crazy get-ups I was I would wear to work every day I always felt like it was my responsibility to inspire my coworkers. <laughs> I always think like if you work in a in an office or you know an environment with other people like it's your job to make it fun for them give them fun, something fun to look at and I felt like especially as a designer like I needed this to come with a look every day I had to like inspire yeah. the work we were doing and so I always did and and um and so the people I was uh, the 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 kids that were working with me would always encourage me to like post those online, you know. And so they sort of egged me into that. And I started adding a little bit of myself onto the site. And so then that kind of evolved. And people really seemed to be interested in that. Mm -hmm. And and I was interested in seeing what other people were wearing online and getting inspiration from that. I mean, as a designer, I, I loved looking at other people's outfits and seeing clothes that, you know, discovering new ideas yeah. from what other people were wearing. And so I started posting more of myself on the side. And that was when it really started to take off and, and gain some traction. And, and then, you know, I, I had to sort of continue evolving it. I, it became, it became something that people were really interested in because I guess there was some interest in what I was wearing but the more that I did that, the site professionally, the less interesting that was for me. I think um, for me, the, the least interesting subject is myself. And so that became a challenge because I think people wanted that and it wasn't creatively enriching for me. So, yeah. But I still loved publishing online and I didn't want to lose that interaction with an audience because I... I did get so much from it creatively. So I just started looking at ways to continue to evolve the content of the site in a way that was would continue to be interesting to me. And so instead of – so where I had become a little bit more of a presence on it, I realized that I had to step back from that and look outside myself for content, mm -hmm. not only to keep the blog relevant and evolving, but to keep 
the work behind it exciting for myself. Yeah. So that's when about uh, maybe two and a half years ago, we started, I started uh, producing fashion shoots specifically for the blog and styling was always something that I was passionate about. And as a stylist, as, as any sort of creative professional, you don't always get booked on the jobs that you want to do. And so it was really fun for me to be able to produce the shoots that I wanted to make. Yeah. And as a stylist, you rarely get that opportunity. So often you're doing, you know, what a brand needs or wants or what the photographer needs or wants. And this was a way that I could make whatever I wanted to and whatever I was inspired by. And so that made me fall in love with running the site again mm. was um, reinventing it to be able to use it as a platform for making interesting creative work. Yeah. Um, so began adding in more of those stories and that started opening up more opportunities and more of a dialogue with the fashion industry and with interesting people in it. And it's, it's always a challenge. The more that I have opened up the site and the less that it's been about myself, the more work it's become and the more challenging it's become. And, and yet the more fulfilling it's become at the same time. Yeah. So I don't know. It's always evolving. It's still evolving. Yeah. <laughs> so going through this whole thing, what's been your biggest fear as it's evolved? Mm, I think for me, the scary thing is being stuck into one way of doing things. Mm. Um, the thing that I found about personal style blogging is that that's an easy, that's an easy way to make money online. But it's not because there's a lot of business there. Brands want to sell clothes and people are looking for personal voices to help them do that. And so there's a lot of business there. But for me, there's not a lot of creative fulfillment there. So my biggest fear has been, has always been being allowing the business to inform my decisions and not not pursuing things for the right reasons or mm. doing the right work or, you know, I never want to feel like I'm doing this just to pay the bills or I'm shooting certain content because I know I'll make money for it. I mean, maybe I should, I could probably be a lot better of a business person in that respect. <laughs> but I think you know, just my biggest fear is getting stuck and being defined for something that being defined as something that isn't really me. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it's hard to make money and and do stay creatively yeah. authentic. Yeah, and and you know there's it's um I could I'd be a lot more successful if I posted, you know, outfits instead of you know, dreamy fashion editorials, but I think that you can't ever choose money over art. Yeah. So so that's been a that's been a struggle for me and it's been a fear for me. I I the the fear in the glamour I guess is that the I never I never wanted to be the glamour I. I wanted the site to be mm. the glamour I. And I would like to believe and to trust that I will get to do and be many things over the course of my life. And yeah. I feel like this is, this is one creative journey that I'm on right now. And I don't know how much longer I'll be on it. Maybe a while, maybe not, who can say, but I never wanted it to be the thing that defines me. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, I struggle with that myself, yeah. you know, staying true to what I want to create. Uh, but yet also keeping the lights on. Right, right. You you know, I don't know. Maybe some people have figured it out better than me, but I feel like I'm still trying to define what that looks like every day. Yeah. Without being too, you know, without letting it own me, without having to let, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make decisions based on it, but you want to be smart about it. And I think we live in a really exciting time. I think the internet is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the age that we're living in is really exciting. Less and less people, well, frankly, I don't know anyone. None of my friends do just one thing. Everyone I know does yeah. lots of different things. And 
I think that's so exciting. It used to be that you, you know, you had one job and you went to it every day until you retired and that's what you do with your life. And I feel so lucky to live in a time where that's not the norm and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, and I've always loved change and I've always loved, I've always loved to make stuff and this kind of stuff I want to make is always changing. And so I love that I live in a time that when the internet has democratized things in such a way that you can keep throwing out the script and reinventing yourself as often and as many times as you want to. Yeah. I love that. You know, and I feel like as a creative entrepreneur, you're making money with your art and that's successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would call that success. You live a yeah, rich life. You live absolutely. a rich life of experiences. What mindset would you say has gotten you into, into that space? Well, it's funny. In fashion specifically, maybe more so than a lot of other creative endeavors, it's easy to get wrapped up in the stuff and in the, you know, the bells and whistles and the trappings and the way that, you know, the the life should look a certain way. And I think the thing that really keeps me going is knowing that it's not the stuff that makes me happy and it's not how much money I made on a job that makes me happy. It's the actual work that I'm doing, the actual creative experiences that I'm having. The richer those are, the richer I feel like my life is. And it's not defined by money and it's not defined by having a certain handbag or, you know, a certain car or a certain pair of shoes. Yeah, it's driven by creative resonance. Absolutely, and I think that I think that it's really easy to forget that sometimes. And I really, I, I try not to be, I try not to get distracted by the flashy stuff. Yeah. It's it's easy to get distracted (laughs) by that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of shiny things in this world, (laughs) but they're never what, what makes for a happy life. Yeah. Um, What's what's your creative process look like when you're prepping a shoot or you're prepping something creative? Mm-hmm. What what do you go through to do that? Well, you know, it's it's always a little bit different, but it generally starts with a story. I, I really love storytelling. I love visual storytelling, and so a lot of times it starts with a story, and sometimes the story isn't actually even apparent to the final viewer. But there's always some sort of narrative in my mind when I am creating a project and, um, and a, a lot of it lives in my head and I'm really lucky. Again, I work with my sister, which is such a gift because she really gets me and she's grown up and spent her whole life yeah. watching my creative struggles and insanities and, you know, breakthroughs and meltdowns and everything in between. And she <laughs> like, she gets it more than anybody and she really gets my aesthetic and she gets, she understands the tools that I need to do great work. So I will give her a missive that's like, you know, I want, I, we need like 1920s, the shoot we did with the twins. It was like, I need like 1920s meets like neon furs and we need doubles of everything. And, you know, like I'll give her like 10 crazy talking points uh, or inspiration points. And then it's like, go. And she'll go all over the city and, and we work in constant communication. So she's constantly like, she's able to be my, my hands and feet on the ground a lot of the times, like running to showrooms, finding stuff, sending me pictures. We look at a million things. We pull a million things together. And then on a shoot, I really, I, I'll, I'll try to like sort of come with a bit of a plan, but I really like to work in the moment mm. and sculpt as I go and add and subtract and, um, I've done it so much that I really, I'm able to sort of do it fast and limber and lean yeah. and on the go. And I like, I don't like to overthink it. Um, I don't know. A creative process is hard to explain because I feel like it's something you're kind of always in the middle of Yeah. in some way or another. Yeah. Spontaneity. Yeah. I work a lot Consistency and spontaneity. (laughs) (laughs) There's a strange little synergy there, and that's how it works. Yeah, love that. (laughs) So the big vision, where, where, what's next? Where's the, what's the big vision for you and the Glamorai? It's funny. I've never really been so great at like 
big picture stuff. Where I want to be in five years, who can say? Because I wouldn't have imagined five years ago where I am today. Yeah. There's just no way I could have even planned for it or imagined it. So I try not to, I try not to think too far ahead. Um, I really am motivated very much by, is this making me, am I getting that creative fulfillment today from what I'm doing? Mm. And that really is the biggest motivator in my life. Um, And so, you know, right now, right now I'm at a time where I feel like I'm ready for a little bit more reinvention. Mm. I, I definitely feel like I'm on the precipice of another wave of change in my life. I, um, the glamour is continuing to evolve. And I think that it's also time for my work outside of it to, to evolve. I've put so much love and work into the site for so many years now, and it's given me so much. Um, but it's also, you know, I think it's also time to, to put some attentions elsewhere and yeah. to start planting some seeds in, in other corners of the world for myself. Yeah. So I'm looking at a few different things right now. I certainly want to be creative collaboration is a big thing for me. I, the more interesting, talented, wonderful collaborators I've been able to collect, the more interesting my work and my life has become. And so I'm in a period right now where I'm really reaching out and fostering a lot of new relationships and trying to just continue to find people to grow with creatively. Um, And also looking at, you know, what the next, the next journey for me could be as a designer, I've, I haven't, I haven't exercised that part of my, um, my toolkit in a while. And, and obviously I, I trained as a designer and I got out of the business. Part of the reason I left designing was because I was feeling really creatively frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. There's a funny thing in fashion where you think it's this really creative career, but, especially the time that I was doing it, it was at the height of the recession and the stores were really scared and mm. they, you would just try to do your best work and make something really new and really exciting. And then the stores would come in and out of fear, you know, dumb it all down and change the colors and lengthen the hems. And there was just a lot of there was a lot of fear in the fashion industry at mm. the time that I, the last time I was working as a designer and, and for me, it was a real, it was just sort of a, it was not, it was kind of a soul suck creatively at that time for me. And I didn't feel like I had anything to say as a designer for a long time. And I felt like I was, um, putting my voice and my vision into some other things. And, and in that course of time, in the four and a half years since I, I've sort of left my design career. I've been working on this fashion website and I've been working as a stylist and I've seen everything, every designer and every garment and every idea under the sun. And I've tried a lot of things and I've gotten to experience a lot. And in that time, I have really been able to sort of coalesce what my style is and what my essentials are and what I think a woman like myself needs to survive. And I also... You know, I, I don't want so much stuff. Um, yeah. Working in fashion, and especially as a stylist, means you're constantly like, there's just <laughs> stuff everywhere. I'm like, you know, I was on a shoot, and I've got 70 handbags, and 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 that's so much fun creatively, and I love telling those stories. But as a working professional, I don't have time for it in my real life. I want like, I want seven things that make my life easier and are uniform, and I feel good about, and I can dress up or down, and. So I've been thinking a lot lately about really maybe doing maybe doing a collection again, something really small and yeah. really edited. And I've been thinking a lot about editing my own life and kind of curating it, like you said, and making it not, you know, allowing it to be really beautiful, but also making sure that I don't have any noise in it that isn't necessary, that yeah. I'm surrounded by people and things and just enough stuff to to get through the day in the most beautiful way. And, and anyway, so I feel like 
starting to get a sense that I might have something to say as a designer again and yeah. considering what that might look like. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. So one last question. <laughs> okay. What does live inspiration mean to you? Uh, I think live inspiration is the only way to live. I think uh, it means giving to the people around you being being someone who inspires and living a life that inspires and and seeking those relationships and those projects and those things that give that back to you as well i think it's a circle of energy yeah Awesome. Well, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? <laughs> well, please check me out at www.theglamorai.com. Um, at the Glamorai on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. All that good stuff. And um, and more to come. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Fun to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Chop Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed Kelly's interview as I did. I am so inspired to go out and curate what I put into my experiences, my clothes, my people, my interiors, my locations, my food, everything. And it just encouraged me and inspired me to think a little bit more detailed about everything that I pick up, that I buy, that I that I want to include into my life. So if you're inspired by today's episode, feel free to tag us on Instagram, hashtag shoptalkradio. My Instagram handle is at Nick Onkin. Kelly's is at the Glamorai, T-H-E-G-L-A-M-O-U-R-A-I. And let us know what you think of the episode. And also to help us get the word out, it would be awesome to for you to leave a review on iTunes and just help us bump up there and spread the word and unlock and inspire other people's creativity in their lives. So with that, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Shop Talk Radio and joining me as we dive underneath the hood of the creative lifestyle. Again, I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and if you enjoyed today's episode, then go over to iTunes and leave us a good review so that we can spread the word and inspire even more people in the world to live inspiration and share their inner creativity. Also, we'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast, so snap a photo on Instagram, hashtag liveinspiration, or tag me at Nick Onkin so that you can inspire other people to listen wherever they are at. But beyond this, check out nickonkinshoptalk.com to read articles on creating the creative lifestyle anywhere from emotional intelligence to any other aspect of creative entrepreneurship. I'll be also posting up editorial content in the form of visual essays that I get to create with my photographic eye and my craft and my career. Uh, But most of all, get to join the underground creative community that we're creating. So thanks again for joining us. Now go share your creativity with the world. Uh